Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. We have a special guest today, Lori Lindsay, former U.S. international. And thank God we have her because we've got to talk about the United States women's national team and their 2-1 loss to Germany, their third consecutive loss in a row, the first since the the first three-game losing streak since the 90s, question mark? I don't know how far back we could uh, dig back on that, but uh, maybe Lori can help us out with that. Thank you to all of you who are joining us live. A quick reminder to download and follow us whenever you get your podcasts and subscribe to us on YouTube so you never miss out whenever we go live. Hello. To the two of you, how you doing tonight? How you feeling? How's it hanging? <laughs> I do think that, that is 1993. 1993. And I, I saw that somewhere, so don't don't credit me for that. But I did see that. Con- confirmed, Lori Lindsay. <laughs> 1993. Oh man! So are we just? Is this like back? Is this like Back to the Future then for for us? How, how you how you feeling, Lisa? Uh, I mean, I'm thrilled to be chatting with you guys about it to kind of get your insights we can bounce ideas it's always good like misery loves company a little bit um but it's not all misery i don't think there was a lot of positives to come from this night um i think it's important that we kind of check ourselves and what we talked about in the preview um who playing minutes what we saw the the challenges that germany was going to present to the united states and kind of unlock that but um I mean, it was a good game. It was a really good game. I'm glad the game was played, right? There was a bit of a hurricane, tropical storm wash that was happening in in Southern Florida as well. But um, what about you, Sandra? How are you feeling? You know what? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great because anytime we get the opportunity to talk about this team and, uh, you know, and go live because we stay live on A3, uh, but talk about it kind of like where the game is fresh in our mind um, and it's giving us the opportunity to be a little, you know, reactive. You know, I, I enjoy that for, for us. Um, and, you know, these are these this is it. These, these are these are the last two games for 2022. So 
you know, in talking about this game, in the both of these games, really, like we're going to have to allow ourselves to get a little bit reflective with it as well. And I think that's the headspace that my, that I'm in right now as we sort of like, you know, prepare to talk about this game tonight and then look ahead a little bit to, to the next game that's going to close out. 2022 but I, that's just where i'm at and i think i mentioned that like on the on our preview as well that, that that's kind of the lens that i'm going to be looking at these two games i'm looking at these two games as those final opportunities for some of these players in the build-up to the world cup you know the final impressions that they can maybe leave on the coaching staff because they already know what's coming next there's going to be a january camp and it's not just any january camp this time it's going to have you know, two games involved and they're going away to New Zealand in order to sort of really kickstart those world cup preparations. So uh, that's what I was looking for in, in, in some of these uh, in, in this uh, particular match. So it's two, one United States fall to Germany. And we got to start at the beginning, right? It didn't, it didn't all like get wrapped up in a pretty bow in that first half. That is not what happened in this game whatsoever uh took a little while to get to that 2-1 and it got a little exciting towards the the end of that second half but let's start let's start at the top let's start at the beginning because like you said lisa we uh mentioned about you know individual players that we uh, would have liked to have seen get get time in in this game so let's start with the starting 11 this is how they lined up for germany casey murphy uh got the start in net emily fox alana cook naomi girma sofia huerta Andy Sullivan, Rose Lavelle, Lindsey Horan, Sophia Smith, Alex Morgan, and Mallory Pugh to round out the starting 11 for the United States. Any surprises, any um, pleasantries? You know, what were your reactions uh, when you saw this lineup drop? Lori, let's go with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I think we all were wrong about Alyssa Nair starting. But I mean, listen, this isn't the first time we've seen Casey Murphy start, obviously. So great performance by her. And just in, you know, I don't, outside of that, um, you know, I don't really think there was any, any surprises, I would say, you know, we talked about maybe the front line, what that would look like if they were going to keep Sophia Smith um, centrally, even though I, I think we all knew that like she'd probably be out in the wing anyway, but that was something that we'd be looking for. Midfield stays the same. And um, that's a typical back line that we've seen him go with as well. So I think outside of the listener, um, Casey Murphy getting the start um, again, credit to her. And, you know, just going off of what you all said earlier, too, I mean, there's some really great moments this game. I mean, listen, no one – like, we're all rooting for this team, so you, you never want to see this team lose. Right. Um, but also this is when you're going to – you know, the same thing that you're speaking about, Sandra, and, like, taking away, looking at players who are stepping up in moments that Blacko and catching the eye of Blacko. I also think as an, an entire team – it's going to be beneficial to be able to dissect these games, hopefully, and really get some key takeaways on how they move forward in the next eight months. Yeah, I mean, definitely about how they they learn from this and go forward from it. And I think when we look back to the October friendlies in Europe against England and Spain, there's growth in, in this match um, against Germany. But yes, yeah, starting lineup, I mean, I, I'm pleased that Casey Murphy got the starting goal. I mean, we, I said Nayer was going to play back there, but I think that Murphy deserves minutes and time against a, a top three, number three in the world ranked Germany, a team that's going to put pressure on and ask questions of the United States back line and ask questions of Casey Murphy. I mean, this is a game in which she has to make saves and we saw that and has to organize from the back. And I think it's a, it's a good test 
for Murphy. And despite getting the loss and how that came, and of course we're going to talk about it, I think that it was a good showing from Murphy in what she was able to do, the save she was able to make, um, even her response after the goal went in. And we can dive into that a little bit. But starting-wise, like, yeah, I think it's well-deserved for Murphy to get the start. Cook and Gurma in the center-back duo, it's their fifth start together this year. I, I mean, Gurma deserves that spot. I think there are some question marks around Cook at this point for me when I look at kind of how this game unfolded. Um, but uh, nothing at all surprising with the HSL in the middle. Haran, Sullivan, Lavelle, they, they've that's it. I mean, you can close your eyes and throw a dart at a wall, and you know you're going to hit that the center trio for Black Wendonofsky. But um, Hugh Morgan-Smith with Morgan back in it, Hugh back in it, I mean – that was another one that wasn't too surprising in the front line. Um, and then for the German side, rolling out in a four-back, I think that was a little bit of a question mark, how they were going to set up maybe defensively and having four in the back against P. Morgan Smith and then Lavelle pushing higher. I think that that was an interesting um, kind of rotation and, and formational setup from U.S. versus Germany. But, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, we have to talk about it, how – the first 45 minutes, the first 10 minutes versus yeah. the second 35 minutes, honestly. No, I'm with you 100%. I think, you know, when when the starting 11 dropped, yeah, I did laugh about that. I was like, well, we were all wrong about you know, <laughs> having somebody like like Nayer and Ned. But uh, I was I was pleased to see yeah. the the duo again of, of, of Cook and, and Gurma. Um you know, especially just out of that, uh, out of the pair of European friendlies where they where they got the two the start together against England, but uh, in front of Nayer, right? So here we had a little bit of a flip script. We had this same duo who uh, went head to head against uh, England, but with Murphy in that who got the start in that uh, game against Spain. So I was definitely looking right at, at the defensive shape of things, um, you know, in this game against against Germany, but. You know, I was also looking at somebody like like a Mal like a Mallory Pugh, you know, inserted into this starting lineup. Like, how was Mallory Pugh going to look in a game like this with the United States women's national team against Germany? You know, this is a player, you know, unlike some of the other uh, players who were involved, uh, not just in this current uh, train the two game series and training camps, but like in this actual game, because we're looking at players like um, a Smith or a coffee who saw time tonight, or, um, you know, a Girma or a Morgan, you know, players who had had a little bit more of an extended, you know, NWSL postseason versus mm-hmm. somebody like a Pew and, you know, Pew, one of these players who were, who was not part of that European tour. So uh, essentially, you know, her first game in several several weeks you know like that comes in like that was lingering in the back of my mind like how is you know this player who had put together an incredibly good nwsl season you know was an mvp finalist but has kind of had a bit of you know disjointed uh game time it's sort of sort of close out this calendar year like how was she going to look inserted back into this starting 11 and as as we saw the starting 11 drop it's like okay well maybe right now as it stands um with all things considered at this point in the year potentially vlaco's ideal front three in terms of a Smith pew and Morgan. So that didn't necessarily surprise me, but I definitely was trying to pay attention to how um, that was going to look in this first half. Like, was there going to be some disjointedness? And and I think you mentioned it already, Lisa, like that first opening 10 minutes, that's probably where we got to start. Um, I I think it was pretty evident that maybe this team was, was tasked with like trying to, you know, commit to, to a good counter press, but, 
Germany kind of eating, gobbling things up along the way and looks to sort of have that momentum for at least that very, very first early phase of this game. Yeah, I think opening 10 minutes, it was Germany coming out. I mean, it, it almost looked as if the United States was looking to get settled in like they were um, trying to read what Germany was doing how they could break those those possessions up and Germany was passing the ball really well they had a great counter press that was putting a lot of pressure on the United States back line they were getting chances putting a lot of pressure under Gook Cook, Gurma, Fox, Wert in the back line, Casey Murphy having to start this game and immediately get hands on the ball and, and try to control things a little bit. It was um, the midfield, I think, for Germany, the opening 10 minutes lights out, and especially compared to the United States. It took a few minutes for them to get into it. I think around like the 10, 12 minute mark is when things really started to shift. And there was a few minutes of uh, pretty even back and forth play. And then the United States figured out their groove and, 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 set the tempo. And I think that in a 90 minute game, 10 minutes at the start can be incredibly dangerous. Yes. It may take some time for a team to get their legs under them, uh, feel out their opponent and understand where the dangerous spaces are, who's popping into those spaces because the forwards movement for Germany to start this match were fantastic. Um, asking a lot of questions of U S defenders in midfield to pick up and, and mark those half spaces and watch them get on the turn. But it, in in the grand scheme of a game, you can hurt teams in those first five, 10 minutes. And Germany almost hurt the United States in those opening minutes. And it's thanks to players like Casey Murphy that kept them in the game, getting some saves and, and kind of holding off that pressure in the opening 10. I'm with you. I'm with you. Anything stand out in maybe the opening 10 to 15 for you, Lori, in this game? Yeah. I mean, I think this is, what we expected, and we talked about it in the preview as well. I mean, this is something we saw Germany do frequently. I mean, an opening game of Euro was a 4-0 against Denmark, and a lot of it was sending McGool forward, pressing, repressing, sending numbers forward, overloading the back line, and just agree with everything you all said, which is just the, essentially like it's just about managing those moments, right? I think it was a little bit of a, a shock with having to deal with how many players they're going to throw forward, and that's what makes – I think this current Germany team exciting and special because they have, you know, we see Pop playing a little bit deeper than in where we've seen her in the Euros, which is um, as the number nine. So they have a fluidity to their attack that I think um, is also something we talked about, right? The midfield is having a little bit of Spanish style to them, but also a directness um, ability to like, you know, go direct and, and have speed to, to beat him behind, but also be able to play. So, um, you know, for the credit to the U.S., though, just managing those moments. And then I thought the latter part of the first half dominated. In fact, could have gone into that um, halftime, maybe up to zero. Um, so I, I thought there were some really quality moments in that first half once the U.S. were able to kind of get a hold and realize that they could do some of the sort of the same things um, to Germany and press the back line, pick off balls. Um, that we saw Germany do to us in the first 10. Yeah, yeah. I, I was anticipating, I thought Germany was going to go up in that in that first half, it, in the opening 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, that's how good they looked to me. Um, it was a little I, bit of like, okay, here we, oh God, here we go. Yeah, it was like, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's organize, let's get behind the ball, let's figure, yeah. But I, I agree, Laura, I think that it did shift and the last 15, 20 minutes of that first half, it was 
all United States. We saw so many positives and, and bright lights that um, the first, I mean, at halftime, I was kind of saying to myself, wow, I'm really glad Germany didn't score in those first 10 minutes. That was looking dangerous. But also, how did we not score in those last 15? So I'm sure Germany saying the same thing, like, wow, it's 0-0 at this point. I mean, that's when I was like, this is a great game between these sides because yeah. the United States was creating so many opportunities and and getting chances and their counter press was working. And the transition game that we saw from the United States was really, really fun to watch. It, it opened up a little bit. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think after maybe a, a nervy or, or a rocky 15 minutes, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, the period of time in which a team needs to sort of settle itself together it was good to see, you know, somebody like Pew getting on the ball constantly and trying to generate um, Smith and, and her making her alternating runs. Right. Uh, Alex Morgan kind of like ensuring that they're, you know, opening up, you know, pockets of space for for some of these other players to try to, to capitalize and execute on. Um, and it felt a little bit end to end. Right. And, and as the you know first half sort of started to draw to a close, felt a little bit more even you know, than, than anything else. It was, it felt both even and end to end for me as it went into the second half. And I felt, you know, going into halftime that zero, zero was kind of an honest, a bit of an honest reflection of, of the game. I think at, at this point, how about you guys? Yeah, I would say honest at that point. I mean, it, I mean, I think that Germany could have scored in the opening 10. It was kind of like, good thing they didn't. And I think that the United States could have scored. Like, right, honest in the sense that this is why we love the beautiful game of soccer, that there are chances and you can make great saves and mistakes happen. But I, I think that there were moments where the United States probably should have put it away or at least forced Germany on their heels a little bit more. I mean, it, it made for a really great first half because it was 0-0. And that's where you, the conversations come in as to like, okay, what needs to be done better in the second half and not just like, let's maintain, let's keep a Chucky egg. No, I'm with you. I think in terms of like the actual uh, stat line of things at the end of this game, I believe possession was pretty much split, mostly 50-50 at, at this point as they went into halftime. And I think in terms of like actual attempts, like on target, it was like USA two and Germany one at this point. Um, and then in terms of total shots, it was like nine to six, you know, USA up over, over Germany. So I think like, yeah, going in, going into, into halftime, it felt mostly um, even for me. And I was, you know, like, the writer in me was excited because, you know, got to make predictions in the previews. And I was like, you know, both on attacking thirds preview, I said, hey, maybe this has the makings of a draw in it. I kept that going for the pre the written preview. And I said, I think it's going to be a draw like one one. And I and I put a little bit more into it. And, and in my preview on dot com, I mentioned like, you know what, it's going to be one one. And I think the goals are going to come in the second half. And they did. So while I was like absolutely thrilled for that, there was uh, <laughs> there were still some moments of like uneasiness for me kind of watching um, this game as it sort of continued to develop uh, throughout uh, the second half. And I think it <laughs> I think honestly, it maybe started for me like right as the two teams, uh, you know, each made their return for the second half, because as we were coming, as we saw these two teams return to play the second 45, it was Germany 
right with the uh with the early adjustment first so we we saw that head coach Martina Voss Tinkelberg went ahead and made the adjustment on her side of things first with uh an immediate substitution at the half and and we saw Andonovsky just roll out with the same 11 you know wanting to see you know probably a little bit more from from that 11 that rolled out in in the first half were you surprised to to see the same 11 you know come on out and get a crack at the second half or did you want to see some early adjustments and and who if so I don't think I was I was shocked I mean I kind of um Crumbeagle who came in for for Germany was I mean, she got the game winner, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I thought she was good and she caused some problems um, just with some of her runs in behind. So smart decision. I don't know what was behind that, right? I know there's been a lot of talk about them, the travel coming over, them being tired, a lot of a lot of load on their players. So maybe not as surprising that you get the an early substitution on, on their side. Um, but I've kind of figured going in after the momentum that they had, in the latter part of that first half, that things would stay the same, right? And then we would start to see, because I think that is a conversation that we could be having as well. To your point, Sandra, and there's been a lot of that around the men's World Cup and like the load on players where you're at. I mean, you could really make that same argument here and where players are um, coming off the NWSL uh, with Malpute, to your point, um, having several weeks off to some people playing just a little bit over a week ago, right? So where they are, and I think all of those things at this point in time in the season come into play. Um, but no, not shocked. I, um, I, I was I was happy to see and coffee come in and getting some decent minutes, not just like, you know, the last 10 or so to see what that looked like. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, we had mentioned about Dunn coming into the midfield in the preview and potentially what that looked like gets in subbed in for, for Fox. Um, and then some others, um, you know, up top with Trinity and, and Meg coming in as well. And I think, you know, those two players did a good job of like bringing yeah. in some energy. I thought Trinity mm-hmm. was really good with the press and breaking up plays. But no, I mean, just to go back to initial, not shocked that we rolled out the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. It, you the forty five minutes of the first half for the players starting, like I think, especially as they grew into that game and as their uh, uh, the partnerships grew between those players throughout the first forty five minutes, I, I imagine that he would want to keep that going. Right? We've seen a lot of consistency from Blacko in doing that. I mean, it, you look at the front line with Pew Smith and Morgan; they've gotten a lot of starts together and they've gotten a lot of time together. Even think back to CONCACAF in the summer that it's not just 45 minutes for those players. But I think that when the subs did come, Lori, as you were just alluding to um, Ashley Sanchez also got a spell in there in the midfield um, a couple minutes. I, I'm glad coffee got significant minutes, but I think Rodman gave a huge immediate spark. And, and yeah. in this like energetic, like ready to go serious kind of spark that she brought onto the pitch, couple that with a, a sub in from Megan Rapino, who's going to balance that out with her incredible talent and experience level. I think that those subs are crucial, especially at that point in the game. And of course it does turn the tide goal wise, but I mean, coming out of the half, the, the, the no changes, I mean, that's – I'm glad there were no changes, right? Like, there we didn't see enough from the players. I mean, I think – we got to talk about these goals a little bit, right? I think I think we could sort of maybe sort of close out recapping the game in terms of how these, you know, goals were conceded and how the one goal was was scored. So, I mean, Lisa, I'll go with you, you know, to you first on this one. So, 
we see Germany have the the early substitution coming into the into the second half, right? And then I, I I'm I'm with you both in that no, it's not too surprising to see the same eleven, uh, you know, roll out for the United States and get in, you know, continue to build off of that first half, right, that they produced. Uh and that includes, you know, still getting some early looks. I mean, uh, the set piece play opportunities for the United States in this one, right? I think might have eclipsed, uh, you know, Ger- uh, Germany in, in this one. And I mean, they even had a, a really early second half corner as well, like Pew on every single one of these deliveries, you know, from from the corner and a good one with with Haran is as the target uh, multiple times in, in in some of these. And of course, right. Haran headers saw them, you know, saw Germany marking her uh, pretty, pretty well. But shortly after this attempt, uh, you know, we have uh, Bull go ahead and and get, uh, you know, this 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 opening goal in the in the 52nd minute for for Germany. And it's it's so it's so quick in the way it, it happens and where you sort of see this this, you know, this set piece play occur ball kind of try to get recycled but it doesn't quite and then all of a sudden germany is off and yeah credit to to murphy for coming up with an initial save but eventually on a recycled ball out gets beat uh far far post so uh, does does something like this after we're talking about 50 ish minutes, you know, or perhaps even like 45 ish minutes with that first half. And now this early second half of good momentum for the United States, right? Does something is something like that kind of deflating at this point for the team. I, I don't think so. I mean, Lori, you can probably speak to this a little bit more. You played for this national team, but I don't, I think that it, the way the goal happened, it was, the United States had a corner kick and then it was really quick transition. It was where to trying to send it back in and Germany getting on top of it and just going. They they had a 3v2 man up opportunity going towards the goal and Casey Murphy ends up making a fantastic initial save. The shot coming from her left and she makes a diving save and, and parries it out to her right. The United States then again can't clear it. Germany gets on top of it and that's when the shot from Bull comes and Murphy makes a diving attempt at a save fully outstretched and that's how it becomes this own goal but they the camera zooms in on murphy as soon as this goal finds the back of the net and she stood up and she said let's go keep the energy up she grabbed the ball out of the net she threw it to the half it was um, her immediate reaction to not put her hands in her head to not say like hey that went off my back I mean she is credited as an own goal for that one Um, I think that that is really telling of why Casey Murphy got the start in this match why she played 90 minutes because her mindset and her attitude after that goal happened was let's go forwards I'll do my job back here let's get some goals let's keep the pressure on let's keep it moving I I don't think it debilitated this United States team I, I don't Lori what do you think well, I don't think it debilitated them, but I, I do think it's it's can be deflating for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that just to everything that we spoke to, right? Like you you kind of weather those first 10 minutes where they're flooding you and it's a little bit like, oh goodness, here we go. Like this is the Germany team that we've seen as of late, why they got to the, the final in the European Championship. And then, but then weather that storm and then start to take over and have fine, started to actually outside of, you know, everything that we can talk about too. And some things that we've been talking about, which is some moments where, okay, we need better decision-making. We need to be more clinical. 
in the final third in terms of finding the back of the net. But there were some really good build-up moments mm-hmm. to lead to those opportunities, right, in terms of pressing and just, like, connection. Um, and I say that because, you know, I would say – make the argument the last 20 minutes of that first half was just that. And we had the momentum. And then I would even argue that we had that the first 10 or so minutes of the second half or, or whenever before the goal happened. Right. And yeah. Lindsay Horan hits the post right off of a beautiful opportunity. And then your counterattack. So yes, yeah. I, I do think it is deflating. I think, especially when you have the run of the play, I think you, we would really at that point in time limited Germany to, to much of the play at all. In fact, I would say we were, we were pretty dominant in some aspects of that. Um, and you could say, hey, this is this is exactly what Vlaco had spoke to, which is like, hey, it wasn't good enough in the Spain game in terms of what the identity of this team is, fighting, competing. I think we saw that. Um, and then you get scored on. So this goes back to what I said at the top of the show too, which is these are moments that you need though. These are what you want to understand how do you handle these moments? How do you handle... Um, picking yourself, getting back and getting control of the game leading up into the World Cup in eight months. So, um, you know, we could have we could have won this game and you're still going to need to dissect those moments. But I think it is tough once you have the run of play um, and a transitional moment catches you. But those are the things that we're also going to give up, right? Because we want to flood numbers forward. We want to, um, you know, attack in numbers and create overloads in certain areas. So I think going back to what we said also in the preview, this England game and this game, we match up really well against these teams and they're going to show us ways that we can be beat in certain moments of things that we like to do as well. So it's highlighting. We could be getting beat in transitional moments. So how do we clean that up? Where are we getting more support? Who's stalling? Who's getting back? So as much as I, I do think it take, took the wind out of our sails a little bit though. Um, so, yeah, little- no, I, I bring it up because I brought it up and wanted to ask you both your opinions on it because I, I felt that it did. I, I felt that like once this goal happened, it could, it could do a couple things. Yeah. It could do a couple things. It can kind of wake you up in, in, in a you know certain way, and but it could also kind of be a little deflating. And then you're where you're like, okay, so now we're chasing a game. And I sort of felt like the former versus the latter in watching this game because at this point. It's not as if there was bad play that we were watching from this United States women's national team. Like you said, like there was momentum that, you know, or waves of momentum that this team did have. And so to, especially to sort of concede off of, um, you know, a, a quick counter off of, you know, a, a set piece opportunity that they were unable to, to capitalize on their own. Again, mind you, we, we saw that during those European friendlies where they conceded sort of off of these uh, set piece moments. Right. And so the, here we see this now against once more an additional time against Germany. For for me, I was like, that has, that's got to feel a little bit deflating, I think, at so, this point. Sandra, um, you're talking about set pieces, eight corner kicks for the United States to Germany's three. That's I mean, yeah. yeah. And we had this, and we had this opening goal essentially, sort of, you know, kind of, kind of off of that. And then, and then you sort of had this mentality now where it's like, oh, you're kind of like, oh, we were doing really well, and we were sort of generating, but now we still have to do that while also chasing a game. Like you're weaving in like another component to, you know, the game plan that you were already trying to execute and we see it's a long stretch of time before we eventually see an equalizer we do see an adjustment that is made by uh andonovsky it's just past that hour mark uh you know we get to see uh, coffee come into this game we see taylor cornea come into this game we see crystal dunn come into this game uh you know players that 
you know, we wanted to see, we mentioned in the preview, like, hey, what, what will coffee look like, you know, against a, a Germany? Crystal Dunn is someone who is still building on her minutes. We would likely to, we would like to see that as well, and and we got to see that in this scenario. But it's a, it's a very unique scenario in which you have somewhat good play throughout this game, but now you're asking these substitutes to come on in here and not only continue that game plan that earned you that good play, but go out there and chase a game, you know. And you're telling that to uh, a, a what a, a player and done who is still trying to build on minutes yeah. and fitness, right? And you're telling that to to a, a, a rookie, right? In, in somebody like 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 uh, excuse me, like coffee. And I just was kind of like, I don't know if we're the, I don't know if this this is the trio of subs to to get it done. But let's try to pay attention here and see and see what happens. Um, but further substitutions took place, and we did eventually get to see some others, whether it was a Ashley Sanchez or a Megan Rapino. And again, really late into the game, and we see an equalizer. An equalizer finally in the 83rd minute. Let's talk about this goal for the United States. We chatted a little bit about the press, how sometimes it works, how sometimes it doesn't. And we see Alex Morgan commit and she wins a ball back in the final third and immediately connects with Megan Rapino, who was waiting, quite frankly, and just saw you could see Rapino call for this ball as soon as Morgan wins this ball and then beats from sort of the far post there. Uh, it was too late to sort of recognize the, the alternate run by, by Rapino. So good, good equalizer. Everybody. Had, I know I was, I was feeling good in this moment. How about you guys? Yeah. I was like, this is a, this is a great goal. I think, um, you know, to, to what you were saying as well, I think that all the subs that came on um, brought something, right? I mean, it's, I think the first three that you mentioned, it's not always easy to be like, Hey, here you go. Get, get us back. In. Right. Um, and then with Trinity and Megan coming on at the end, um, also providing some more, but yeah, great goal, great equalizer. You did feel like there was an uptick in some energy that Trinity again, brought that, um, alone, which is pressing and get and being scrappy and, um, creating some turnovers. So, yeah, you felt good, and then it was just like a little bit of a lapse. But I mean, listen, we're bringing in all these, and then one of the players that we highlighted in the preview that we even talked about, Oberdorf. Though, I mean, oh. it's lights out. I mean, she's not afraid to just boss the midfield, and she's not afraid to get into tackles. And then she played the ball in to, in behind to um, Brand that led to their go ahead goal. So, I mean. I continue to go back. Yes. I mean, we've, we've hit on so many points, I think in the preview and this and like, but these are the moments you want, right? Because these are the th little details that you have to clean up that are going to win you the world cup. And um, whether it's personnel, whether it's formations that we all talk about, right. But you want to be put in these positions because there's yeah. going to be players like Oberdorf who are going to be one of the best players is one of the best players, but is going to capitalize on these moments that you're given. Right. right. And so as much as like I thought we had the momentum and it was a great finish and I was pumped. Four minutes. Four minutes. A whole, a whole, a whole four minutes. It was the four yeah. minutes of, of bliss. Uh, equalizer. Um, look, I, 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 it wasn't lost on me that this equalizer was manifested by two veteran players yeah. in a game like this. I think as you get closer and closer and closer to a World Cup, that conversation is going to remain in the short timeline that there is. Um, we are hearing it nearly 
every single uh, presser that Vladko happens to do before a series of games or after uh, a roster camp is selected. He absolutely has injured players in the front of his mind, not in the back of it in terms of their rehab process and when and if and how they will be woven back into this, uh, you know, national team program. So it wasn't lost on me that a Morgan and a Rapino manifested this goal in, uh, you know, possibly try to to secure a result you know a a team that was already on a two-game skid now on a three-game skid with with this one um because i think there's just something about this team and perhaps we're going back a lot perhaps it stems back to uh you know even those tokyo olympic games and then over the course of 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 this 2022 uh, sort of watching this team go out and have to qualify world for a World Cup and still be impacted by something like injury or maternity leave, et cetera, et cetera. And in, when you're bringing in uh, players who have less experience compared to some others on the team, uh, players who are younger than some others on the team, as you sort of look at this keeping two eyes, like one on, on the World Cup and one on the next generation of players, it, it's almost sort of feels like where is that X factor coming from? And a huge X factor for this national team program for a long, long time. And Lori, please correct me if I'm wrong, has been the mentality component in this. It's not. It wasn't so much that the United States were a program that would you know, sort of pride themselves on their athleticism or their physicality. That Those were things that were just staples of the team. But it was this, like, unrelenting mentality in terms of, like, grabbing a game by the scruff of the neck and saying, like, let's go. Um, and I don't know if that is something that we're seeing, particularly in these last couple of months in terms of these recent international windows, um, we were, I think I was, I think at any point I was looking for it tonight and I, we saw a glimpse of it, right. Got an equalizer. Um, but it's not quite there right now for me. How about you guys? Yeah, I think that's a, a, a wonderful observation really. And it's something that I was kind of thinking about the same as well. Like, where is that? Like, mm-hmm. here we go. Like finish this team off. Right. Um, I, I think yeah. there are glimpses of it, though. Like, yeah. it's not. Well, it's I mean, that's what we. I think that's what we're saying. I mean, it's just about. And I think it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sandra, but there is a balance, right? Of having. You gotta have it all. Yeah. Players, and yeah. and this is something that we've talked about a ton. I think on this show too, the balance of like having veteran players and then also integrating these young players. And there is a plethora of injured players that have experience that you would also hope that make their way back um, to be able to to fight for a position on this team as well. But I think it is, there does feel like a, a still like a very much of like a, a learning curve of like, who is going to be the one, right? Because if you're not going to have the players, and we haven't really spoke about this either, but I thought Alex Morgan was terrific um, in tonight's game. And the fact that like, I think typically we're used to the number nine, um, like in, in Alex getting in behind, threatening in behind. But I thought like, and it was a player like Mal Pugh that we thought, at least in the preview, would be that one player that was going to drop in. But it was actually Alex more often coming in deep, creating overloads. And I think those are the little things. I mean, outside of the mentality that we're talking about and finding, like, hey, listen, here's this, like, team that, like, even if teams aren't afraid to play us, we've heard that a ton right now, like, world's catching up, we get it. There's still a level of, like, 
we don't really want to play this U.S. team, right? Because yeah. the weapons that they have. Yeah. And um, so it f- still feels like that that's coming. But I think, as I was saying about Alex, that's what you want. Like the ability to have different players be able to play different styles at any given time and what the, the um, is needed. Because we also saw Rose Lavelle then be able to get in behind. Right. It's I so love Smith that. That's threatening in behind. Mal Pugh is on the back line instead, right? And I think so there, I, is some, there is some nuance to this play that I think we're starting to see evolve a little bit. And it just feels like we're right in the thick of it, right? It, it, was, it was a lot of freedom that was so – it was great to see. I liked Morgan dropping back so deep in the mm-hmm. midfield, causing chaos in those overload numbers because I, I, I like when Pew does it, and she does it very good for Chicago, but I liked her playing that a little bit higher so she could make those diagonal runs with Smith and Rose could get higher. I I think the the freedom and the fluidity of their movement was very good, and that's where those moments of spark – were and and the great moments of joy where there were opportunities and shots and chances. Um, I, I think that it, yeah, I mean the mentality of it is is different. And I love that you said learning curve, Lori. That's like I think a great definition and a way to kind of put it out there. But as much as I want these other players to come back and Black Wedanowski saying that players like Casey Kruger, Kelly O'Hara, Emily Sonnet, Tierna Davidson should all be available for January camp selection, Lynn Williams as well. I, I don't want there to be this giant learning curve and this giant gap. I want the United States to have an incredibly deep bench. That way, when two, three, four players get injured, the next one up can slot in there and it's not a huge drop off in, in learning curve. And I mean, that's a, a talk for the future and like heading into that World Cup. But I think it's something that is nerving to me. It's It's unsettling. No, nah, no, no, no. I'm not going to let you off the hook. We're going to talk about it in this episode. We, we have to wrap up the game, and we're going to do that. United States dropped this one to Germany 2-1. We're going to do a little bit of a preview, perhaps, of the next game and maybe what changes we'd like to see for the next match coming up right after a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, United States dropped this one against Germany 2-1. We said it was a blissful four minutes from the equalizer to the go-ahead goal. Uh, we're talking a little bit about mental components. I mean, maybe that contributed to this uh, this game winner. Uh, we saw a quick restart for Germany. Uh, Oberdorf, as you've already mentioned a couple times, Lori, in this one. And then we just see Germany put it away. And late game, 89th minute. And with even with the four minutes of extra time, it just again just sort of felt like maybe there wasn't going to be another one for this United States women's national team. And the losing streak continues now to three games. So in terms of what's next, what's left, 
Lori, you mentioned it. Three three game losing streak. The, the first time there's been a three game losing streak since since the nineties. I, I I gotta bring it up because you know, folks are going to say if we don't bring it up that we're not doing our due diligence. But when we're looking at the timeline in front of this women's national team, we're talking eight, nine-ish months to the World Cup. And the fact that there's been this losing streak and not just any losing streak, right? It's 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 dropping a few games to other top-tier competition, you know, three teams that have been ranked, you know, in the top 10 uh, alongside the United States at number one. Um, Black Ondanowski, the coaching staff, is there something that uh, you would like to see moving forward going into this next game? Like, are we going to see some, you know, uh, formational adjustments? Are we going to see, you know, obviously player rotation? Um, you know, are we going to continue to to, to have a hotter seat for Vladko Andonovsky. Some folks might say that he was already on the hot seat coming into this one. And then after having three games, is is it something that's outrageous to say like, oh, this this coach needs to be gone with such a short window uh, leading up to, to the World Cup? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, in terms of go- going into this next game, yes. I mean, I feel like I've talked about this for like months about the midfield, right? I think we all have. Um, and I, I, yeah, I mean, I would like formation change, you know, but then it also goes back to what we talked about in the preview. It's it's less really to me about formation. It's just about, you know, the movement of the players. I talked about Alex Morgan dropping back, um, understanding of where you're going to um, – Who's going to stop? I mean, these are these are the quickest moments in games, right? So I talk about this like transitional moment off of like the Haran hitting the post and then they go down the score. And yes, you can like have scenarios of like, this is who's going to step, but like it's all decision-making in the moment, right? And that's why I think it's more of a promising um, situation than like us being like, goodness gracious, because I think if you look at the 90 minutes as a whole, there were some really promising moments, right? It's a 2-1 loss. It's a third loss. Yes, we can all talk about this forever. Um and there's moments where we're like looking at the talent and you're like, yeah, damn, these games, we could be, we could be winning these games. Right. Outside of the Spain game, which I think everyone can agree. No. Right. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't it. The players would say that too. Yeah. Yuck. But um, really some bright moments and like, you know, against England, some really good moments against this game in this team. So I think it's, it's feels like there's still more and thank goodness you have eight months. And then also like there's still more and oh goodness, you only have eight, eight months. So, eight months is not that long. That's what I just said. And no, no yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's not that long. It's not that long, which is honestly, it's probably why there's a, you know, there's, there's folks out there in their respective corners of the internet, like saying, Oh, he's, he's got to go. Uh, but you know, I mean, I'm someone who like, he has been watching this Mexican men's national team and their build up to to the men's World Cup and like they've had a horrible run of games and if if you grow up watching Mexican soccer like I did you were calling for the head coach to get fired like every other month so um, that's not surprising for me but you know it's also not surprising that like they're not you know the coaches don't get fired even if there is like a stretch of like really tough games and i don't imagine even this close to a world cup that that would be the case again again just sort of utilizing the mexican national team as an example just they're they're still going to the world cup and they're still still going with the same coach that so many were calling um to be fired i don't know how they're going to fare well in that world cup but 
that person still has their job. Uh, <laughs> but I just don't, I'm just using that as an example and that, um, you know, that I don't anticipate that that's something that's going to happen for this team in this program either. I just, I just really don't. No, I don't either. I mean, not eight months out, it, you're not going to change your head coach. I think that the conversation can be uh, about uh, maybe changing tactics, changing formation, as Lori has been calling for, or really the focus of individuals in their roles on the pitch and, and how they their movements change the formations of it. But I think uh, taking the moments from this game, yes, as we talked about the transitional moments defensively and how if you're throwing so many numbers forward, how you you create that organizational shape defensively so you don't get that counterattack. But I think there are so many other moments that, to me, were a little bit like, ah, finish the ball, score. Like, there yeah. were chances when when Pew picks off the, the last defender and she's going 1v1 against a goalkeeper with a defender to her left. Like, why isn't she shooting that? Why is she looking to cross it to Alex Morgan? And maybe it becomes a conversation to say, like, you've got to shoot that or in training, it's like all you're doing is shooting that ball. Like, and, and that's it. Why are we looking to make that final pass at the end of it? There were a few moments where I think the United States could have had more, put more pressure on Germany's back line. And I think that that's something that name they need to focus on heading into this second friendly uh, against this German side. When, Pew does pick off the last defender and she's going 1v1. Shoot the ball. Shoot it. Especially when the goalkeeper is out of position on, on that build-up play. Um, and those are things that I hope are, are becoming a conversation. And, and you know a player like that wants that back in that moment to say, like, okay, what? how can we get better? How can we fine-tune this? And with such a quick turnaround um, in terms of, like, player minutes and that type of rotation, I know we talked a little bit about Casey Murphy I think that she should get more minutes. I think that we could see her get another 90 against this Germany side. Um, but, it, I mean, the, yeah, there's – for Vlaco, I don't think he's going anywhere. How about for this uh, for this next game, Lori? Are we are we still trying to manifest a front three of, of Rodman, Smith, and Pugh? Like, do we still want to try this for one more time, put it into the universe? Yeah, I'd love that. I mean, I thought the front three was great tonight too. And I, But, I would, yeah, absolutely. You know, and – so what Lisa was saying, yes. I mean, we can all sit here and say, like, finish those opportunities, shoot, do this, right? And there matter moments in all these games, and it comes so quickly. And also, I think that confidence comes if we get a bit more control of the game. We know that we are going to – we can hit on transition, we can press, we can put teams under pressure. We know that. I think there has to be more times within a game where we have a bit more control. We can hold possession for a bit longer. We can have a bit more variety in the way that we're building up play. I thought when we got it the ball wide, which wasn't a ton of times this game, we made the game sometimes, in my opinion, too narrow and incredibly predictable. But when we did get it wide and we serve balls in behind, it is tough to defend, right? It's really difficult, especially with the players that we have making their way into the box. We saw uh, a play from Lindsey Rand late in the first half mm -hmm. that typically she would put away off of a ball from the wide areas. But I think it's those moments of understanding, hey, when do we go? And when can we keep a bit more possession, have a bit more control in these games? So then it's like shoot the ball or finish those opportunities don't seem as like dire because it's right. like – we have an under, we have players that are behind the ball. We can regain possession. We can keep it at times, or we can go quickly. So to me, it's it's less about you know 
or I guess I should rephrase that by saying it's it's more about how can we find the moments to control these games because we have the players that are capable mm-hmm. of doing it, and we have the the players that are capable of um, of finishing the chances. It's just it's about finding those moments I think a little bit more frequently and having a bit more balance um, within the ninety minutes more frequently is 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 my overarching hope because. I don't think we're going to see overhaul, uh, overhaul in tactics. I don't think we're going to see an overhaul in the personnel right now. And um, okay, so where are those moments then? Like, what are what are where is yeah. somebody like a Haran who's going to be like, nope, here we go. We're going to yeah. keep it here. We're going to keep it. Yes, I want to get into the box. Is this the best opportunity for me to get in the box, or does this game and this team? call for me to sit back a little bit and get provide a little bit more because I think there is something to be said too about the fact that like we have these like electric players, these people that are like, I would take any, any day on our team. And also then you need to be, have some people that are just going to be like, oh, I'm going to connect my passes. Simple. Um, my passes. I am going to allow these players that are going to be able to like freaking win us world cups to do their thing. And I'm going to do this role here. And so that actually has to come from the personnel and understanding of the players that have been here, right? Which is a Lindsay Horan, right? I think we saw Alex Morgan doing that tonight. It would be like, what does this game call for? Actually, doesn't call me just sit on the back shoulder of the two center back. Has me like, I need to drop deeper. I need to create the overloads centrally. That allows our outside backs to get higher up, right? So I think those are the moments that I would be looking for because I don't think we are going to see those overhaul changes and, in- yeah, and definitely not ahead of like one more game in 2022, the last one for the calendar year. So I- I'm with you on that in terms of the near future, right? What we could possibly see in 2023 in the buildup to to the World Cup. As far as uh, this next one, hey, let's just like get as many minutes out there as possible. Uh, I'd like to see Sanchez get more than a handful of minutes yeah. than she yeah. got tonight. You know, yeah. I'd like to, uh, if, if it's about uh, getting Crystal Dunn some more minutes, uh, you know, maybe give her the first half versus the, the second half. You know yeah. what I mean? And then sort of uh, rotate some others in. Um, I want coffee. I want coffee to get a couple more minutes. Yeah, in that. I, I, I'm, I'm happy that there's, I'm happy that this is a two-game series against Germany. I'm, I'm grateful that it's, they utilize this uh, final international window to to have the same opponent twice to sort of close things out to sort of continue to get these evaluations in um you know as as they look ahead to to 2023 you could catch the next game sunday november 13th 5 p.m eastern they're gonna play in new jersey at red bull arena so make sure you catch it everybody thank you all so much for listening to attacking third Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. Subscribe to us on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back with a live recap of the United States Women's National Team second friendly versus Germany on Sunday evening. So we'll see you all live on YouTube Sunday after the final whistle for all of our thoughts and analysis. So stay tuned. Lori won't be with us for that. She's actually going to hang out with the match a little bit, you know, so maybe she'll text us some of her her takes right but uh but i'll be here and lisa will be here so for tonight for sandra lisa roman Lori Lindsay, this was a second phase